If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, welcome to the latest edition of the Just Not Sports podcast. This is the show where a couple guys who work in sports talk to the people who play and cover sports about anything they like or do, just not sports. On today's show, we'll talk to MLS and U.S. men's national team player Breck Shea on his second career as an artist and what a huge pain in the butt it is when your team trades you to another country to have to buy all new art supplies. And we will go deep on some of our favorite athlete music video cameos, a list of songs so bad they might actually make my iTunes top 10 most played list. Adam, I know you love that list. Uh, I, not only do I not like that list, but I didn't look up a single song and I tried to forget the whole thing happened. You also laughed a lot more at that intro when we did it the first time five minutes ago, and then before I realized I wasn't taping. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to trying to bring back that uh, the, the jovial reaction, but it just wasn't there. I was literally I was literally just saying to myself, "I wonder if he's going to fake laugh." Nope, didn't earn it. Nope, nothing. <laughs> uh, I'm your co-host Brad Burke. I'm a sports marketer in Chicago, and on the phone this week, he's moving, he's shaking. He's doing, he's taken. He's our respected, feared, adored, beloved PR rep, Adam Millard. Adam, how are you? Well, Brad, I like that a lot more than usual. It's usually very serious. I like the affectionate nature of this intro. All right, maybe we'll have to, we'll have to you know, break format and just do that more often. Do you think you can remember that every time? No. Adam, I've already forgotten it. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so not with us. Joe Reed, still somewhere across the Midwest on his way to moving to Seattle. Gareth Hughes. Hey, wait. Is Joe walking there or perhaps carrying a rickshaw full of his belongings? <laughs> He's carrying a rickshaw full of his belongings. Actually, he... He hired Short Round from Indiana Jones Temple of Doom to drive a jalopy across the coast uh, to get him there. Not not with us also. Uh, speaking of hipster shit to do, like drive a jalopy uh, for the views, uh, not with us, Gareth Hughes, our, uh, our Brooklyn correspondent who is doing something somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Gareth is doing something somewhere. Uh, okay, Adam. On this show, uh, oh wait, first, first, how was Easter? Easter. Well, I didn't celebrate Easter per se. I watched a bunch of basketball games. I did go to a country music concert uh, in Milwaukee on Friday. Who'd you see, Darius Rucker? I saw Eric, very, very funny. Uh, I saw Eric Church. I've only seen one artist more than once in concert, and this is the fourth time I've seen Eric Church. What? Yeah. Uh, I will have you know, two years ago, he was named one of Rolling Stone's top 40 live performers in any genre, and he lived up to it again, playing a three-and-a-half-hour set at the Bradley Center. It was awesome. Okay. Well, um, 
Never, as you know, I don't go to you, as you know, I don't go to outdoor country music festivals anymore. Not enough witnesses. <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. Okay. You mentioned NBA. It's playoff season. Right now, we're going to take the shows open and make it wide open. We can bring up anything around sports culture. Uh, not not necessarily just sports. We're not going to talk the games. We're not going to do your highlights for you. But we're going to cover anything around the, around the culture of sports or however far away from it we want to get. I want to start with NBA playoff talk, Adam. Go for it. Did you see the postgame presser? with the Bulls-Celtics game on Sunday with Jimmy Butler's jean jacket? I did not. Okay. Did you see the photo that I sent you of it? I did see the photo, so thank you for that. Um, But I didn't see Jimmy Butler. All I got was a picture of Punky Brewster. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. It's a good mental image. It looks like something Punky Brewster would have worn circa 1986. So it's it's a... Old school blue denim jean jacket, and um, on said jacket there appears to be uh, there appears to be several patches that have been sewed on. Um, I guess yeah, sp- but not wait, not like Boy Scout pat- patches, like flowers. Like th- there's a name for this kind of patch but i don't i can't think of the name uh go, sorry continue no i mean first the first thing i thought about was when you go to tj maxx and you see leather coats that had like tweety bird in the back <laughs> correct yeah yeah <laughs> okay i forgot i forgot how popular the looney tunes shirts uh were during the 1980s just like looney tunes wearing gangster paraphernalia looney tunes uh, smoking weed. Uh, I'm really a fashion trend, and I'm sad that died. Yeah, I'm sad too because I, I have a lot of that stuff lying around. So any day, <laughs> any day they want to come back. So okay, I have a couple questions about this jacket. First of all, I love this jacket. I I want this jacket. I want to wear it every day. Second, do you think Jimmy Butler sewed those things on? Oh no, he didn't do. No, he that was that was given to him by a stylist. Okay, then what stylist would give him a jean jacket that looks like? I once worked with a at an event with Paul George where he wore uh, he wore pink sparkly shoes. So I'm going to say that stylist. Okay, but that's sneaker culture. That's different. I feel like there's a no, whole... no, not sneakers, dress shoes. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah. Suspect. I really don't know what but to say. That Paul George can pull it off. I will say this: I wanted to know did he sew those patches on? Because if so, that the double double bonus for me. Two. What wait? What do you think the odds are that he did that himself? I mean, remember when Chad Ochocinco made his own Hall of Fame coat as an NFL sideline stunt? You know, like true. Yeah, I don't think this was meant to be funny. Yeah, I don't think so either. Also, do you do you think that this is? a subtle marketing ploy to launch a cabbage patch doll that also is dressed like ditch. Like this. <laughs> no. Cause that's the only, I, I, your punky I, Brewster I, line was good, but I, the only other thing I could think about that would be right. Would be the cabbage patch kids having a, a, a similar jean jacket you could buy. Well, I'm hoping it means he's going to have his own line of jean jackets like this, because I know two guys in line to get one. Oh my gosh. You know, some people, 
wait overnight for uh, wait for Jordans. I think that would be you and I at whatever shop sells the Jimmy Butler jean jacket. I mean, I'll get it right now. I, I I would put like My Little Pony on it and stuff. I'd let my daughter like just decorate it. I mean, that's what it looks. It looks like a it looks like a little it looks like a like a kid, little kid decorated a jean jacket. And I loved it. I love I love every second that I was looking at it. I was like, this is amazing. And then I I, I googled it. And I went to Twitter and I was like, I'm gonna see like I gotta tap into the conversation around this coat. Nothing, Adam. No, no buzz about this amazing piece of art slash commerce. That's interesting. Do you think that he that it had an Easter theme to it? Oh, what a good question. I mean, it did look very. The colors were very pastel and egg like. Right. Um. And the jeans. I I feel like maybe overalls with the same pattern would have been more appropriate for Easter. But nevertheless, I love the jacket. If you would have said to me that Jimmy Butler was soaping up his hands in the bathroom and spilled a pot of potpourri on himself and just didn't brush it off, I would have said, yes, that's what that coat was. As amazing as it is, uh, do you think that anyone would have batted an eye if Russell Westbrook was wearing it? No. And I think Jimmy Butler's got good style. I think Russell Westbrook has great style. I mean, look, not great. Like you do. I wouldn't the say layer T-shirt from earlier this year. Okay, you're talking to a guy who every Super Bowl Sunday for years would watch Fashion Police, the marathons on E. Okay, so I know a lot of the of the Rivers family talking about how there are levels of like what I would call like style intuition, and Jimmy yep. Butler and Russell, those guys, are not trying to look coordinated or air quotes good they're trying to look distinct and Uh original and so therefore if you're just wearing something that just makes people say i have to talk about this that's your style and that's a win for you uh the same way that miley cyrus generates a ton of buzz when she goes sheer and has like a totally new look and everyone talks about it for a week that's her style now for me if i wore this i would get arrested True. And that would be an appropriate, <laughs> an appropriate way to treat a thirty-something guy wearing a, a coat that looks like you killed a kid to take it from him. Okay. Don't say that in Chicago, man. But <laughs> that's... but that's that's different. I think that's different than just like I really think that's different than um you know, than trying to look coordinated at work. So I give these guys credit. The, I love the NBA fashion because we grew up in a time when dudes on the on the sideline were just wearing, like, jeans and a T-shirt or uh, just dopey suits. I just – the crazier the better, man. Well, I feel like this may be one of those times where we can get some cheap hits by asking people to caption this photo on the Just Not Sports Facebook page. Absolutely. If, it, if it's just captioned with boner emojis, done. <laughs> Too far. All right, Adam, Adam, wide open. What what do you want to talk about? Uh, Mine is not quite as uh, humorous, but I did. I do want to talk about another shooting guard, and this would kind of be a hammer, which I don't think I've done in a long time. But uh, as well as Jimmy Butler has played this season, I think a guy who doesn't get enough credit is C.J. McCollum. And C.J. has an interesting hobby. He, uh, He dabbles in journalism on the side. I actually saw him during All-Star Weekend, interviewing players on the sideline during the 
rookie sophomore game or whatever nonsense name they've given it now, but that's what I'll call it. Uh, and he did a really good job. He also has a program uh, in Portland with local students where uh, it's called CJ's Press Pass, uh, and he'll invite local journalism students to come cover a press conference uh, so they get some real-life journalism experience uh, as well as a a variety of other journalism-related activities. So props to CJ, and we'd love to get you on the show. As a matter of fact, uh, since we can't find Gareth and Joe, CJ, (laughs) if you would like to come co-host with us, there's a spot open. Done. Done. Yeah, he's also got a – I don't know if he still has it, but last year he had a – radio show in portland and he just played new music and 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 kind of dj it uh he went on zach lowe's podcast and talked about it It seems awesome whoa whoa he like he he djs no no he was like the 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 radio host of a show that played Uh, music because i was picturing him and damien lillard as the next dj jazzy jazz and fresh prince oh no, that should yeah. be Lillard gotcha. and Lillard and Sabalos. <laughs> oh, please, no. Cedric Sabalos just got mentioned in the news again. His PR people are another flag. I don't know why. It's what, these, these two guys out of Chicago. Yeah, these two guys that keep emailing you to come on and talk about his DJ work uh, that you don't reply to. Uh, he must be – look, it is, Adam, to be fair, it is bar mitzvah season. <laughs> All right, I got two more wide, two more wide open, right. <laughs> two, two more wide open topics. All right, let's R.I.P. Let's Sammy Sosa sign the cross, point to the sky. Charlie Murphy, Eddie Murphy's brother, passed oh, away. Yeah. Uh, legendary performer on Chappelle's show. His his uh, Charlie Mor- Murphy's true Hollywood stories will live on forever on the on the internet. Adam, the most famous is the Prince, or the the, the, the most famous things he's, he's done, in my opinion, are the uh, Rick James story and the Prince story. The Prince story deals with a basketball game that he allegedly played, Charlie allegedly played against the Revolution and lost. How, Shirts versus blouses. Yeah. How much of that story do you actually believe? I believe all of it. I believe none of it. I believe... I do not believe that they played really? a, like a hardcore, intense basketball game that was the same way. Now, I believe every single moment of his Rick James story. Um, Whoa, I, wait, wait, wait. But you've heard these stories about Prince where you played ping pong against Jimmy Fallon in the middle of the night, and um, he hired Questlove to play a party and then put on Finding Nemo when he didn't like Questlove's playlist. Like, this doesn't seem that outrageous. It does seem outrageous that a man who was three foot seven was good at <laughs> basketball. But an incredible dancer. And also, uh, look at those hips. Those hips play basketball. If Charlie Murphy had told that story, but the, the, the lead character was Skilo, would you have believed him? <laughs> uh, no, because Skilo admitted they're not being a good basketball player. <laughs> we all know this. Okay, and I'm not ripping Charlie Murphy. I think he's great. I, I always, I always assumed that Prince you story think, uh, was more he, embellished. Now that he's not here to defend himself, <laughs> yeah. way to go. Well, I was, yeah. I true or not? I, mean, I always felt that one was the more embellished of the two. But they were amazing. They were amazing content. Uh, Charlie was 
uh, clearly a very talented guy. It's a loss. Uh, you know, just like Chappelle's show, not coming back was a bummer. Um, I wish we had seen more of Charlie Murphy in the last few years. So, uh, well, I would have believed Charlie Murphy if he said he was the one who gave Lynn bias to Coke. <laughs> that would have been a better true Hollywood story. A little bit less funny at the end, but uh, but better. All right, finally, Adam, wide open. Unless you got anything else. I do have something else. Oh. That I wanted to put at the beginning of this show. Since this is wide open, it's not really a sports culture moment. But I've I've been thinking about this, Brad, and I want to put it at the beginning of the show because I'm not convinced anyone listens uh, through to our distractions since nobody ever asks me about it. Um, I would like, I wonder if our fans in Chicago, or if you want to fly in wherever, I would like to propose a just not sports summer outing. Uh, I don't know what this would consist of, but I feel like we haven't had the chance to connect with our three fans in person. <laughs> so uh, I'm wondering if they uh, – here's, here's the deal. Reach us any way you want. Email, uh, just not sports, Facebook, Twitter. What else do we have, Brad? Is it, that it? Ins- iTunes comments. In- Instagram. If we get ten people – who request a night out and leave a suggestion as to what we should do. Brad, it's been a long time since you and I had a beer together. What better way to do that than with our fans? So get a hold of us, propose something to do. We need 10. Uh, No time limit, really, because this is a podcast. You can listen to it for months. Uh, But just we need 10 suggestions, and we'll make it happen. I'm in, man. I'll do it absolutely. I think it's a great idea. And Adam, it'd be good for us to get together. Maybe we could tape a couple shows uh, while we're doing it. <laughs> I got some, got some homework for you. Catch up on some business. Okay, we're gonna do. We're gonna be back. Talk about athlete music videos. Talk about distractions. But first, I got a brief interview with Breck Shea. Uh, you would remember him from the U.S. Men's National Team, where he's he's played enough. He's taken on a number of caps, as they say, over the years. Uh, he is now with Vancouver in the MLS, just recently traded this year. And I was able to catch him. I'm just going to warn our, our, our listeners here. Audio is not great um, on uh, the phone connection. He uh, he was on the road moving around. It's in season. That's always a concern. We book athletes in season. But, hey, we want to c- keep trying to get you guys connected to sports figures that you know and love. And, you know, it, that's just the way it works. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we got to get them when they, when they had the time to jump on. So if the audio is not great, hang with it. It's only about 10 minutes, uh, but it's a good, uh, fun look at his art career. He's a very talented artist, a uh, very postmodern style, uh, a very modern style, very interesting. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So, Adam, hang tight. We'll be right back, buddy. What do you say? Got it, man. Changing teams this, uh, you know, this year, new city, new environment, but we don't often think about the logistics there. So for someone who has endless canvases, art supplies, things like that, how how much of an undertaking is it to to relocate with uh, with all the stuff that's needed for this passion? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just found out that uh, I can't bring my my parents 
cops across border line. So uh, <laughs> there goes a lot of wasted supplies. Um, but other than that, I just—I mean, I don't know. You just got a new team. You got to figure it out. And uh, obviously, the teams help sort out moving your stuff from place to place. But uh, like I said, I can't bring the art supplies. So I, I think from the interviews that I've I've read with you about your passion for art, it seems like you were a bit of a late bloomer in terms of fully committing to it. Um, when did you exactly really get into it and, and start unlocking this this interest? Uh, I'm not sure. Probably in my, my younger years, I started playing. I just had a lot of free time, so I picked up, a, picked up just creating stuff. Uh, I had a friend that painted, and I really liked his stuff. I was in my head, so I thought I could just do it. So kind of kept me out of trouble. Been that cool, and uh, I just start painting for a hobby. You, you've got a really distinct style. I mean, clearly, um, very abstract. Lots of use of color. How does an artist really sort of start to develop a signature um, style or expression like that? For you, what was it like experimenting and kind of um, you know getting to to unlock uh, your own sort of personal flair? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it just kind of describes my personality. Just, um, I'm abstract, so I think, like, just out there, out there, and then just kind of, there's no right or wrong with that. So you just kind of do whatever you feel and however it ends, and people like it, people don't like it, but there's no right or wrong with it. So. You know, you kind of learn on the fly, right, in terms of the the ways to use color, the right, especially when you talk about, like, um, you know, abstract expressions, like, how much did you find yourself sort of experimenting and, and sort of how much fun was it to, or I guess how, how frustrating may it, may, may it be to sort of, uh, you know, kind of pick up nuances as you go for your own style and what you think works and what doesn't. Oh uh, yeah. I think the more I painted, the more I tried new things is you learn what works and what doesn't and what you like and what you don't like. So, I just think it's like anything. The more you do it, the better you get at it. I, I used to see things or or see something and or somebody else painted something in a certain way, and I would try it, and then I would take things that I liked from that or things I didn't like and put it on. I mean, whether it was watercolor, I put it with abstract, it all mixed it all together with spray paint, just all different styles and one, and just um, kind of make a collage of something. And, and sometimes it worked, and sometimes it didn't. Yeah, how much how much are you actually painting? Like, what's your what's your time allotment look like? I mean, you're a busy athlete, clearly. So, um, is it something that you do daily? Do you kind of like get to it when when you can? I mean, what's your what's your actual commitment level look like to it? Uh, I go through phases. So sometimes I I won't do anything for a couple months, and then I'll I'll get like a niche for it, and I'll paint five days in a row, or I'll draw, or just do something artistic and or create something. I don't know. I just go through like phases. Obviously, I have a kid and moving and all that. So I have other things I have to do. And obviously, soccer is in there too. But um, so it just depends. Do you have a do you have a creative process in terms of getting into the right mindset for um, you know for, for doing your art, or is it something that it just kind of inspiration strikes? I, I guess I, I'm wondering. From a creative standpoint, how much of it is uh, routine, ritual, getting into the right mindset, and how much of it is just feel and, and hey, this is going to flow out of me right now, just go? 
something you said right there in terms of like you know when you when you kind of give up on a piece or don't like it i think the average person who doesn't uh dabble in in creation uh or art doesn't understand i mean they probably think of it as you sit down to do painting and that's it and they they don't think about the number of times you might try a certain thing or um just put ideas down and maybe you do or don't like them what is it like to you know for an artist to sit down and get done with a piece and then sort of decide whether you like it or not like I, I i imagine sometimes you may need to step away from it for a while sometimes you might have a certain uh feeling about it right away like how do you ultimately decide whether you feel like it was successful or not um it's fine because sometimes i'll i'll create something and when i'm doing it i i really like it and then the next day when i look at it i don't like it or vice versa and sometimes I create something that I hate, and somebody else is like, you're not strong. So I think art is obviously everyone's personal preference. So you used to, I, I know, like, in you know, before, you used to talk about, like, painting in your garage. Like, where's your where's your ideal workspace? Like, where do you actually like to be, um, you know, to uh, when you sit down to actually create? When I was in Florida, I had a, a garage. I mean, it was basically turned into a studio. And then when I was in Dallas, I had a studio. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I don't need a certain area to, to do stuff. Have you have you gotten, in, in Vancouver yet, have you gotten situated with, like, with an actual kind of working space, or is that still kind of under under progress? No, I, I, I haven't moved into my house here, so I don't have anything <laughs> to grab. You know, you, you've talked about... Um, you mentioned your studio. I mean, you've you got the, um, you know, the, the, the left foot studio that you guys have... Um, uh, you know, kind of gotten off the ground and, and used to share the share your artwork, and also used to raise money for various children's charities. Can you talk a little bit about the mission there and and how you've actually used art to uh, to give back? Yeah, because I mean, art is just a hobby of mine, and I enjoy doing it. And um, we've done a couple art shows and, and raised quite a bit of money for charities. And it's just obviously the cause to, to give back to use obviously the the connections that I have and through the teams I've played for and played with um, to just to give back to the community and to those various charities. Uh, do you like talking about art with other people? Do you find it to be like an insular kind of personal passion that you just kind of like to sit down and do? Or are you someone that's constantly like going to shows or, or kind of picking the brain of other people to see how they're taking in work? Uh, I mean, I, I enjoy art. I like to... to obviously see other artists and and obviously see what they do and, and I like watching them to, to do that creative process. Um, I haven't been to very many shows because um, it's just easy to look on my phone and, and I'd be saved at, at different things but um, it's not like I wouldn't go if it wasn't one around. But. Do, do you ever get curious about the interpretations that they are making about your art? Do you ever find that to be interesting just to see what people make of, especially the more abstract paintings? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think 
people can look at the same two people can look at the same thing and all get three different answers of what they think of it or what they think the inspiration was or something. So I, I mean, I think that's cool to, to see that people can look at the same thing and get six different answers. And then finally, I, I, I've seen other kind of profiles of you that talks about like, you know, one of the first or might be the first kind of painting you've done. Um, you know, the, the sort of, I think it was like kind of a, a flower setting that you had up above your sink at your former home. Do you still have that in a prominent place in your house? Yeah, I still have that. Now, you had it over your sink, and I heard you talking about how you'd get, like, spaghetti sauce and other, like, and water on it when you're doing dishes. Like, did you did you move it to, like, a more secure location? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I'm in a couch, so it's not in there um, above the sink anymore. But, uh, it's, it's still there. It's, uh, it's on the stairway going upstairs on the, in the hall. And you've, you talk about this as being like your hobby, you know, but where do you want to go with this? I mean, clearly you've got uh, a number of years left in your career, but like where, where ultimately do you see, do you see yourself focusing even more on it later in life? Do you want to, do you want to try, um, you know, try to expand the scope of your, of your gallery? Like what, what do you really ultimately want to do with your, with your art talent here? I would like to have a, a studio and to be able to paint and to help create and, well, we think we think you've got a good future in it. I mean, do, do your fellow teammates do 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 they ever ask you to to do paintings for them, or do they ever come by and 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 share uh, share their thoughts on your work? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the people in Orlando and, and have paintings of mine in their house. I've asked for them, and, but yeah, um, I haven't really started doing anything yet. Except in the hotel, uh, <laughs> so it hasn't really worked out yet here, but eventually. I think you should just start painting them and hanging them up in the hotel, man. Just like take down what they've got in the hallways and just just add some some Breccia originals up in there. I'd love to do that. <laughs> well, we will stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. All right. Well, thank you so much for the time. I want to just encourage everyone to follow you on Twitter, on Instagram, and uh, you know, I, and, and encourage you to just keep uh, keep at it. You're clearly very talented. We can't wait to see what you got uh, cooking next. Thank you. I appreciate it. So long as there have been music videos, there have been professional athletes to hang around the margins of them. And so, today on Just Not Sports, Adam and I are going to do something that we've been wanting to do for a long time. Break down the odds and ends and oddities of athletes who show up in music videos. Okay, first, Adam, i got to ask you this. When was the last time you watched a music video? Any music video? Yeah. Oh, on a regular basis. I'm on YouTube a lot, so... Well, no, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you're watching them consistently on YouTube, though, right? Oh, yeah, you mean on TV? No, I just mean, like, in general. Like, oh, when was the last time you saw yeah. Mm, over the weekend. Okay, yeah. Well, I don't watch them that frequently, but, you know... Uh, I get up. I guess I would say I get up every morning and I watch MTV for four hours. <laughs> yeah, of course. I heard someone just told me recently that they still play videos in the morning. I found that shocking. <laughs> Do they really? Yeah. Wow. Who would know? I didn't well, know my so- TV. I didn't know that I had legal permission to go to that channel anymore. <laughs> so, well, look, our on this show we've talked about a number of music videos over the years. And when I say years, I mean the year and a half this show's existed. <laughs> we, we've talked about 
We've talked about uh, episode three. It was the Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan uh, mashup jam. So if you if you if you're new to the show and you want to hear more about that, go for it. We talked about when we were in New York, Adam. We talked about too legit to quit. One of my favorite videos of all time. Yeah, I know you love that video. I think it was desperate. No, it was so good. Adam's uh, family is a much better video. I mean, it, well, yeah, but that's just because, um, you know, the Bash Brothers couldn't be in the Adam's family video. <laughs> that's so, true. Adam, what, what's your favorite all-time athlete music video? I have a, I don't, I, I have to say, well, you and I talked about this before. I don't know that it's my favorite, but I do think Magic Johnson and Remember the Time is pretty amazing. Magic, in, in, in re-watching that and breaking down some game film of Magic in that Michael, jo- or Michael Jackson video, do, he looks great. Like, he's cut, he's lean. Like I think most people, when they think of Magic Johnson, think of kind of like puffier Magic, who's retired. Yeah. He just looks like he'd step on a court and just dominate. And I loved it, man. I, he looks great. He is engaging he he has a couple kind of zingers when he kind of rubs his neck when he when someone's beheaded <laughs> well, can you break the video down for those who haven't seen it sure it's it's essentially a egyptian theme with eddie murphy and iman as a king and queen who want to be entertained and, so, and just to be who just for you youngsters iman was a model we do not mean iman shumpert <laughs> no, but it'd be a lot better if Amon Shumpert was rapping in the background. And Magic is like the, the I don't know what you call him, like the the, the, the bodyguard, town crier. Was I was gonna say like he's just the mouthpiece. He's like the uh, he's just the hearey hearey presenting so and so to do fire tricks, and then they don't like it, so they they have him eaten by tigers. Yeah, and then Michael Jackson comes in and he does some wicked ass sorcery shit, and everything goes haywire from there. Yeah, a lot of so this is during Magic's drug phase. Is what you're saying? Hey, have you have you have you watched that video in the recent like like recently like all the way through? I watched it a couple weeks ago when we talked about it. But okay. I, I, no, I can't say I watched all the way through. I just wanted to see what Magic was doing. There's a scene when Michael Jackson is running from the... He's eluding his captors, and he meets up with Amon, the queen, and they embrace in what's supposed to be like an erotic moment. Uh-huh. It, it's like hugging your nephew. Uh-huh. Like it's like the least amount of physical... It might be the least amount of chemistry in the history of entertainment. Between you mean other than the woman he was married to when they did a video together. <laughs> Actually, great way to trump what I just said. Because him kissing Lisa Marie Presley at the MTV Video Music Awards was the most awkward moment I've ever seen two people have. Yeah, she looked, uh, her face had the expression as if she was being waterboarded on camera. I mean, it was it was crazy. It was unbelievable. Man, Michael Jackson... Did not age well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're not really sure if he aged well because everything was switched out. 
So what else? What else is on your list of things that you you, you would say are the best athlete cameos? Uh, well, this could, this this could qualify as best or worst, but I'll start with a question. Do you know who the queen of athlete music video appearances is? Meaning the female athlete who's been in the most. Yes. Okay, you're gonna let me. I, I need to work these. I need to work this out. So don't comment as I talk out loud. You got it. So Anna Kornikova married Enrique Iglesias, and she was a model. So somebody tells me she's like near the top, but probably not the top because she was probably only appearing in Enrique Iglesias's music videos. Uh, no comment. I want to. I want to say the Williams sisters. And I'm not saying this to be racist. I'm not saying like, oh, they're in like all the rap stuff. But like, I just want to say that they've always been very plugged into pop culture, yes. very forward. But I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with one more. And you mentioned her, I believe, in an email last week, so it might have tipped me off. Is it Danica Patrick? It is Danica. <laughs> yes. Patrick. Yes. Brad she has attention. appeared in three videos. Hey, real quick, real quick. This confirms that Brad Burke is the only member of Just Not Sports who reads his his colleagues' fucking emails. <laughs> hey, I read your email about doing this podcast tonight. I'm here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, she has been in Colt Ford's Driving Around, a song that I've heard. have not seen the video. I had the opportunity to look at it before this show. But I figure it could be any good based on her other appearance. We'll get to that, to that in a minute. She was also on Miranda Lambert's uh, Fastest Girl in Town, where she plays the car thief, a little bit better. Uh, and then she is in an absolute ridiculous video, Jay-Z's 2006 Show Me What You Got. Um, one of the most pointless videos of all time, all time really. I, don't, I think they were just pushing the single. Uh, but at the beginning, for the first minute and a half, I think minute 40, they're, so here's the image. They're driving down um, some road I, in Europe somewhere. I'm an American male under 40, so I don't know anything about world geography. Um, but Jay's, Jeff, Jeff Gordon is driving one sports car. Uh, Jay-Z is riding shotgun. And Danica Patrick is in the other car, and they're racing past each other down a mountain road, laughing and waving as they put potentially thousands of lives at risk, although no (laughs) other cars appear to be on the road. Um, And then at a minute 40, you you don't see who won this, uh, this fantasy race. You just see that they're still whizzing around on the road. At the end of it, or at the end of minute 40, it then cuts to Jay-Z on boats and then going to an island, and you don't see another white person for the rest of the video. Um, <laughs> so I hadn't seen this video in years, and I'm trying to think of what to say about it, and I've got nothing. It was the most pointless video of all time. Uh, and why Danica, why Danica and Jeff Gordon agreed to do this, I'm not sure. Is this... Brad, as we were talking about earlier, a shameless marketing ploy to try to attract a new audience to Jay-Z's music. Maybe. I think we all underestimate how big Danica Patrick was for like 
two to three years. When she was appearing in Super Bowl commercials, she was a sex symbol, and she was really deemed the first female driver that was going to just, like, legit beat the man. I mean, she was, like, third in the Indy 500 one year. True. She was going into NASCAR. Like, there was legit... I mean, she won her NASCAR race, right? At some point, right? She did. She did. Uh, and, yeah, I would say uh, before her fall, or the, the most recent person I can think compared to is Ronda Rousey. And because they're women who are huge stars in a male, in largely male-dominated sport. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to say this. Like, she's nowhere near the athlete that Serena Williams is, but she's white. So, like, pretty white girl gets a lot more <laughs> yeah. attention. And and even though she wasn't winning and people were pissed off about it in her sport, I mean, and I'm not ripping Danica. She's she's fine. I mean, we've had Pippa Man on from IndyCar. Like, I think any any man or woman who gets into a race car and puts her life on the line is great. But I, I just think she had that strange mix of overinflated stardom for a few years that, in hindsight, has kind of, course corrected but at the time it's hard to it's hard to overestimate just how big of a name she was right well let Good me throw point. some let me throw some videos at you man okay how about this one how about shakira and rafael nadal i saw that but i didn't know the song i think that's what i really struggled with on some of these brad is as i did some of the research i was like i don't remember that not only do I not remember that video, I don't know that song at all. They didn't appear to be singles. I I just I struggle with that. Well, as an expert in all of Shakira's musical catalog, <laughs> uh, the deep cuts are the usually the best, Adam. Uh, no, I'd never heard of this song before. Shakira to me is a largely <laughs> worthless figure in <laughs> pop culture. But dude, this video is insane. It's her and Rafael Nadal doing everything but make out with each other. Like, they're all over each other. They can't stop touching each other. They're barely barely wearing clothes. But they're outdoors in what looks like a Mad Max movie. Like, it looks like a post-apocalyptic wasteland where they're uh -huh. like, hey, we just happen to survive, and maybe let's, let's do some heavy petting like we're in eighth grade. Yeah, wouldn't you want if it's post-apocalyptic? Wouldn't you want to get right to the fucking and start some start making some kids? <laughs> well, especially if you look like those two. <laughs> I mean, it's not like there's a whole lot of like uh, moral equivalency that has to go on. It's kind of like, hey, I hit the jackpot. Shakira's here, and I look like I look like a freaking male Ken doll. <laughs> yeah, let's start breeding. All right, let me let me throw this at you too. Unless maybe they found out, I don't know if you saw the news recently about the um, the couple in Mississippi who had their DNA tested only to find out that they were twins. That can't be true. <laughs> it might be fake news, but I'm really hoping it's not. And if it was true, Mississippi would be the place for that to happen. Man, that can't be true. That can't, it just can't, it just can't it just can't because because what couple is is so destitute that they don't know that they're twins, but get a DNA test. I think they went in for some medical. So here's what happened. They, they were having a hard time. Um, don't they were having conceiving. a hard time getting pregnant, oh, conceiving. No. And so they went in to get tested 
the doctor remarked about how similar they looked, ran some tests. There apparently was some mistake. They were both given up for adoption to different parents um, and bonded over the fact that they um, had similar backgrounds. Both their parents died in, in a car crash, but uh, they apparently didn't have access to the information and found out that, indeed, they um, they were brother and sister. Hey, can we talk about other um, victims of incest, which is hooting the blowfish? <laughs> Interesting transition. All so, right. Only want to be with you is uh, is is their song where they had all the sport, the sports center anchors. This is on my list as well, right? And like mm-hmm. Dan Marino's in it. Look, I, we probably searched that. We, you and I, probably did the same. Like on the train home, googling. I'm pretty when, sure we've talked. Did we do a full breakdown of this video? I don't. I I want to say we did, but I also want to say that, um, that like Gareth killed it. I want to say like I suggested it and prepped it, and he's like, I, "This is lame. I don't want to talk about." It. But you're right. We probably did do a breakdown of it at some point. Yeah. Well. Anyways, continue. How about this? Starberry and Kenny Anderson in. Big Wait, no. I want to go back. Agent. I have a question for you about only want to be with you because I don't think we talked about this last time. We're well, real quick, well, Adam. Adam, on this podcast, we do not cut off Stefan Marbury updates ever. <laughs> I know okay. where you're going. This is a, yeah, you go, we did go down some of the same paths because, as it turns out, there's only so many websites that list music athlete or music video athlete cameos. But back to I only want to be with you. Would you have to say at this point in history that Walt Williams is more remembered for his appearance in that video than his NBA career? I mean, I remember Walt Williams for either one. So, yes or no. I don't know. Who did he right. play for? Uh, Sacramento Kings, number 42. He played for Maryland or am I thinking of Joe Smith? Uh, I don't know that he played. From, I don't know where he went to school. I just remember he played for the Sacramento Kings. If I recall, he was a defensive specialist. He wore long socks. Man, I don't know. I mean, the, the the Starberry in the in the Big Pun video, Adam. I don't remember. I remember the no. name Big Pun, but like I don't remember anything that he did. Oh yeah, uh, Big Pun. Big Pun was to uh, Fat Joe what Snoop is to Dr. Dre. Wait. Okay. Wait. Big pun. I, I, I legit, I legit thought Big Pun was Fat Joe. I'm not making this up. <laughs> and I was wondering if maybe he—that's the nickname he went because like uh, Fat Joe was was the dude. No, uh, Big Pun was a huge, like physically huge person. So Fat Joe is is less fat. I, I uh, Fat Joe should probably be called Husky Joe. He's not that fat. <laughs> Hey Adam, uh, can we can we go back to our a tried and true segment on this show, which is, does that make me? It's called does that make me racist? So <laughs> I thought Big Pun was Fat Joe. Does that make me racist? Um, well, they're both Hispanic rappers, <laughs> um, so maybe. Um, but no, Fat Joe. He I forget I forget how he or sorry I just did it myself. Big Pun died. <laughs> I think. I think Big Pun died in the late 90s, early 2000s. Because I remember he had a couple albums that came out. He lost 100 pounds. Um, I don't recall how he passed, but 
No, Big Pond and Fat Joe, two different people. Sorry. That song's terrible. And Starberry, it's a total waste of Stefan Marbury. I would have just done a like a, a behind the scenes tour of Starberry Inc. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> oh, did you have you have the new pair of Starberries? Are they back? No, they're not back yet. I look, this is a true story. I'm not making this up. Stefan Marbury was the second person to ever follow us on Twitter. Uh, the Just Not Sports podcast. Right after, shout out Louis DeCosmo of Chicago, number one. And then number two is Stefan Marbury. Because I tweeted at him, I couldn't wait for Starberry to come back. And he instantly followed me and was like, what's up? Coming soon. Well, that was a year and a half ago, bro. <laughs> All right? Yeah. I have an autographed Starberry jersey and uh, it's in my closet. I think maybe it's time to get it framed. Adam, Jalen Rose claims to be the athlete who's been in the most videos. Do you believe him? Jalen Rose? What has he been in? I don't know, but he, he on his show, he's constantly talking about how he would get invited to roll by, you know, Dude X's video shoot for the day, and he would just kind of be in the background in a party scene. We get it, Jalen Rose. You're very black. You've made the point. We get it. Thanks, I man. believe him, though, because the Fab Five, it's hard to, it's hard to overestimate how big of a big of a deal they were culturally in like the mid nineties when there was such an explosion in videos made by hip hop artists. Yeah. But neither of us now we're talking about us, not normal people who have hobbies and go outside. We're talking about us who have seen, I feel like I've seen, especially in the nineties, I saw a good amount of rap videos and I can't think of a single one where that Jalen Rose appeared in. Prove it, Jalen Rose. Show us your taxes. Yeah, I can't either. I bet. I bet if you Google him, he's pretty. He he's pretty authoritative on it. I bet you'd find a couple. But I, yeah, I'm with you. I none pop into my mind the way that like Shaq pops in my mind with Fushnikins or um, Warren G and Cedric Sabalos doing his. But that that's different though. Those are guys like doing their own music. These are dudes just like showing up in videos. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have one more. Okay. Um, and this wasn't on any list, but it's one I remember very specifically because it's one of my favorite songs and videos of all time, and that's De La Soul's Stakes is High. Do you know the video I'm talking about? No. It's a, it's a, it's a really uh, funny, well-done video. It starts... Um, on the set of the Maury Povich show with the three rappers from De La Soul uh, appearing as guests and then kind of rapping to the crowd. Uh, very, uh, I, I don't know what this, I don't remember what the song really talks about other than uh, kind of the the state of the black community in inner city. But at one scene, uh, Maceo, one of the members of De La Soul, plays a game of one-on-one against Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, Yeah, it is a great appearance. And Jerry Stackhouse is wearing a shirt that says drama. Nothing else, just drama. Um, And then Maceo, who is much shorter than Jerry Stackhouse, dunks on him in one scene. Maceo also wearing full Michael Jordan uniform in the video, which I thought was interesting because if you recall... When Jerry Stackhouse came into the league, he bragged 
that he thought uh, the NBA was easier than college. He went on a mad tear, averaged about 20 points his rookie year, and then Jordan dropped 50 on him, and he never said that again. (laughs) I want to say this about Jerry Stackhouse. I think Stack is going to win an NBA championship as a coach. You heard it here first. Really? Why? He he coaches the D-League in the Raptors organization, and they, like, won the regular season. And I I actually invited him on the show, and they couldn't do it because they were in – they were getting ready for their their playoffs. But they said that he's just had a great, great effect on that organization's, like, development, and they think he's going to be a head coach. That's awesome. I mean, it's not as awesome as his music video career, but it's good. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, one of my favorite memories. All right. Uh, the last one I'm going to throw out there is we mentioned Anna Kornikova. Um, she was in her husband, Enrique Iglesias' video called Escape. I, I don't, don't even want to I don't even want to bring this up to watch the Anna Kornikova part. I, I want you to all Google this video and watch Enrique Iglesias pretend to ride a motorcycle in it. Because uh-huh. it's, it's the worst pretending to ride a motorcycle that a human being could ever do. Wait, now, who did he bury? Anna Kornikova. Is he still married to her? I think so. I could this be wrong. Is, this is news to me. I didn't know that they ever got married or that they might still be married. Unlike Carmelo and Lala, rest in peace. You know, th- what the world is missing is the ultimate Andre Rise and uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopez video. Oh, you're so right. Or what, was he in one of theirs? Uh, I don't think that he was. Is he dead too, or just her? Andre Ryden, just her. Okay. Yeah. His he was because he was on. He appeared on Broke a couple of years ago. Oh, you're right. Yep. You are right, man. You know we need to do a whole segment about those two. Yeah, I feel we've talked we've talked about them uh, a couple times, but let's bring it back. I mean, Whole she segment. burned it. She burned his house down, Adam. Yeah, it is the craziest um, athlete girlfriend thing we've ever seen. I mean, and that's saying something. The internet went nuts because Beyonce's sister slapped Jay Z in an elevator. Now imagine Beyonce burned down that the home of Randy Moss. <laughs> Holy shit! How have we not talked about this? I'm getting off topic, but we have to talk about this, and hopefully, people are still listening. Aaron Rodgers and Olivia Munn broke up. Yeah, you got any inside dirt? So, people, I know I didn't do Adam's traditional intro, but as a former member of the Packers PR staff, Adam was, I would say, friends with Aaron Rodgers during his yeah. backup days in Green Bay when you guys were, were, were both kind of under the Favre administration. What's the buzz in, in your circle like? Um. I don't know if it's buzz in my circle, but the, I think the the rift started or allegedly started because Olivia did not get along with Aaron's family, and I, I don't have any information to support that one way or another. But I think what's really interesting to me is that what I'm about to say is news. That All right, celebrity breakup, sure, I can see in a certain world how that's news. But ESPN, and I'm calling them out specifically because I thought it was ridiculous to try to make a controversy of this. Um, Aaron has been spotted in L.A. working out with 
celebrity Nick Jonas, and you're going to gasp when you hear this, Brad, getting facials, uh, right. as in spa treatments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> uh, ESPN posed the question, is this a distraction to the team? No. What? How? The, oh, a rich guy is in L.A. spending his money. This is a shocking news story and will probably ruin the season. Uh, ultimately, ESPN answered its own question, which was no, but to ask the question in the first place uh, is TV clickbait. A dude can get a spa treatment, and it's not the end of the world for the team. And it let the guy... Let the guy work out wherever he wants. Where should he be? Where else should he be? In Clay Matthews' backyard, like on the Allstate commercials? That's unbelievable. That's unbelievably terrible. Terrible. Man, I'm sorry. Well. So, Aaron, do your thing. You're young. You have money. Also, he's from California, people. Chill out. (laughs) All right, you know what? Since they, they talk distractions, why don't we transition to distractions? Uh, on this show, we uh, we celebrate the things that athletes do away from sports, but they often get told they're being distractions to the team just for being interesting or fostering an interest in something. Adam, what's distracting you this week? Nothing is particularly distracting me, except I will say that my girlfriend, Anne, is about to turn 29 enjoying the last of her 20s. We're going to celebrate uh, in L.A. this weekend. Maybe we'll see Aaron Rodgers at a spa. Um, but I just want to say happy birthday and and uh, love you. Can't wait to see you. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, let me tell you what's distracting me, Adam. Easter candy and specifically jelly beans. <laughs> So, oh, wow. I did not see this coming, although I don't know why I'm surprised. Jelly beans are probably the worst things that I actually like. Like, I fully admit that jelly beans are terrible, but I really, really like them. You do. So, a couple things about this. Most jelly beans are entirely tasteless. They're like... They're like eating the top layer of a snow cone that yep. barely has the, 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 the sauce on it because it all dripped to the bottom. Yep. You're just trying to like plow through that ice to get to something with more flavor. Yeah, That's how most it. jelly beans are. Yeah. Now, I'll caveat this with a few things. I never eat those crazy 300-flavor variety jelly beans that they, you know, are like all sorts of wacky colors, and they have like buttered popcorn and whatever. Uh-huh. I never eat those jelly beans for fear of getting one that is bubble gum because that would instantly make me vomit. Uh, as most listeners oh, know right now, I have a yeah. gum phobia. Can we do a whole pod on why? Because you won't tell anyone. I mean, I don't think there's a huge story about it. I mean, I like I grew up, I didn't like gum. Um, I went on a Wrigley factory tour once and my family was murdered there. And then <laughs> and I became no. Batman. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, no, um, I just, I've always hated it. 
So I don't I don't ever do those like crazy flavor kinds. So save your emails. But I will say this. There's one type of jelly bean which I I believe to be the perfect jelly bean. Okay. And and they're not paying us anything. They're not a client. I'm just this is a, a natural ringing endorsement. Starburst motherfucking jelly beans have the most jelly bean flavor of anything in the world. They're great. You can take a lot of them down without getting too sick. Uh, I wholeheartedly recommend them. Not too sugary. Not like just caked with the sugar coating. Big fan. Big Question. fan. Question. Are these jelly beans just Starburst and jelly bean form? No, no. They are, I think, way, way tastier than regular Starburst. What? Yeah, totally, totally better. Because I think Starburst also lacked flavor. But Starburst jelly beans are like a punch in the face. If I gave you a Starburst jelly bean right now, Adam, and I said, here, have a jelly bean, and you ate it, the first thing out of your mouth would be like, holy shit, that's a ton of flavor. Huh. You have a refined palate, my friend. Because I, like My palate is terrible. Believe that they are a waste of food like coleslaw and jello. Yeah, there's no reason to eat jello ever. No. And coleslaw if I could if I could literally take all the world's coleslaw and fire it into space, I would. Yeah. If you eat jello, I'd like you to hit stop on this podcast right now and don't ever fucking listen again. I'll go a step further. If you eat jello, I want you to drag your fridge to the outside, I want you to burn it. Because it should never have had it in there. Ah, Brad goes darker. Surprise, surprise. It just, it just is. It's bad. It's just bad, gross stuff. Uh, Yeah, but jelly beans. Yeah, Easter candy is a big deal in our house. Uh, We eat a lot of it. Uh, My daughter, my my wife laid out thirty six plastic eggs at our house, and we went over to uh, went over to the in laws' house. There were also twenty four additional eggs there, all filled with candy. So uh, uh, you'll be seeing us at the gym the next few months. Hmm. I got a long Great. way to go. I got a long way to go to look like Magic Johnson in the uh, Remember the Time video. <laughs> <app>. <laughs> All right. That's our show for this week. I want to end with some shout outs. We're going to shout out our co-hosts, Joe and Gareth. We're going to shout out Breck Shea and the Vancouver Whitecaps uh, PR team for bringing them on. Again, I know it was a short interview. In season, not as uh, crisp and clear as we would have wanted, but thank you guys for just allowing us to continue to push to get more athletes on the show um, and hear from more voices in sports who I think are doing just really cool stuff. And Brett's artwork is great. I think he's a really talented guy. I think check out Left Foot Studios um, and his Instagram and Twitter to uh, to see more of his work. Okay, that's all I got. Adam, any shout-outs this week? Uh, let's just do the usual. Uh, my boy Uzi, who was in the Cindy Lauper video. Um, Death Jeff did um, catering for Kenny Loggins. Uh, <laughs> Little Swanee, Meech, Ron Mack, who were all uh, in the background of the Beach Boys videos. And uh, my other cousin, Ron, who uh, was a backup dancer for Run DMC. God bless those guys. And God bless Run DMC. And God bless, in the immortal words of Shaquille O'Neal, all the booty rappers. St-
Stay booty. Stay booty. Together right now.